Welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Duncan. And I'm Kate. And we're here to talk about life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join the conversation. Well, welcome back to Into the Fire. Um, today we have Mark Berlinson joining us again. We had such a great time with you last time, Mark, that we decided we wanted to interview again. So welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it's so good. We were talking recently and you were sharing about some experiences that you went through as a leader um, of your local church in Myrtle Beach. It's a Catch the Fire church, which is wonderful, and it's right at the beach. So there's always an invitation for people to come and visit Mark and Jane at, at the beach in South Carolina. Um, great beaches too. And um, But, you know, I was struck by your heart and your vulnerability, Mark, as a leader. And sometimes vulnerability and leadership don't always go together. Mm. And, you know, we often think as leaders that we have to be strong. We have to be all together. We, we have to know what we're doing all the time. And I can say that those three statements I just made are absolutely rubbish because the yeah. truth is we're human. Absolutely. Called to leadership, but we're human. Totally. So, yeah. And if you ever come across a leader who looks perfect, you need to run away because there's something wrong. It's so true. And, you know, we, we have a choice to either live out of our super me or our mini me, where we mm. are challenged in our own significance that we feel like we have to perform and be something that we're not. And actually, our greatest love gift to the world is when we can be our true, authentic selves. Yes. Because we've totally. been created in God's image and we're all different. Yeah. And very often, if we get trapped into believing our own publicity, God will send us people who will reveal that that publicity isn't, <laughs> isn't accurate, you know, relationships that don't work out and things like that. And mm -hmm. so that's that was really the heart of what we end up talking about, because it reveals something to us. You know, when we go through those kinds of relational trials, it reveals what's really going on in ourselves. Yes. I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, with hindsight. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, you know, we've had our own pay painful journey and leadership lessons that either cause you to push into God, so that you can grow in those challenges. Or yeah. you can just be disappointed and become bitter and unforgiving and tainted in that sense. And, you know, my prayer as a leader is creating me a pure heart as David prayed. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Because it's so easy when we go through hard experiences in relationship to, to actually come out and still have a pure heart where we're not looking at people with a wrong motive or expectation. So, Mark, I'd like to get straight to this, but you shared an incredible account of some of the lessons you've learned. So why don't you just take it away from here? 
Cool. Yeah. Okay, Clay. Thank you. Uh, I mean, what I was talking about in that session, and we're going to talk about now, is just our experience as leaders uh, in a church plant that's only four years old. Uh, but I think the lessons that we learned apply to, to wider relationships than just uh, senior leaders with with uh, leaders in their churches. So I, I want to make it wider than than just our circumstances. Um, but in those four years as a church, we've had probably six or seven couples or individuals who we saw as potential or even as leaders of leaders, uh, potential to be raised up and be part of a leadership team uh, alongside of us. But for whatever reason, they are no longer with us. Sometimes it was that you know the relationships just didn't work out. Other times there were just terrible things that we needed to deal with, uh, where we couldn't let them lead. Um, but we've learned a great deal of lessons through that process, and and that's what I really want to focus on. I think um, because we lead with the goal of each person that we're leading discovering their unique wiring, their destiny, their purpose in mm-hmm. God where we can call that out and and make room for it to grow. And and we try and cooperate with God to build community, uh, to build oikos. You and Duncan, I remember on the podcast a a while back, we're talking about the the church being an oikos uh, of of that community. It's so important. But in any community, you're going to find that not every relationship is sweetness and light and and, 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 uh, there will be challenges. And so it's the challenges that I wanted to, to, to kind of zero in on uh, where Jane and I have had to learn a great deal about ourselves as well as about other people through that, that process. Um, sometimes when people don't work out, they, they undermine the vision actively. You know, they start speaking against what we're trying to do or yeah. where we're trying to go. Other times it's much more passive where they just kind of resist. But either way... If we're going to lead, we need to recognize that there's an undermining going on. Uh, and some people um, will will leave quickly, but other people need to be helped to recognize that they're not a fit in the setting that's causing some of these challenges. And so those are the kind of the, the tensions and, the, and, the, and the, the wrestling that we've had to work our way through uh, on this whole journey. Um, Sometimes the differences can be differences of, of, of mission, uh, of calling, of, of direction, but other times it's simply d- changes of personality, differences in personality that mean that we have difficulty relating to one another. Uh, and it really comes down to um, what has Holy Spirit planted in our hearts as his vision for what we're supposed to be growing, whether it's our family or a company or a church, um, what is the what is the the, the picture that that I'm coloring, <laughs> if I can yeah. use that analogy? Um, because if somebody else is trying to color a different picture, it's not going to fit. Uh, and so, when and you and Duncan had a blog a couple of years ago about when shift happens, you know, when things have to change. Um, yeah. And and I, I love the way you chose the word shift there because you've got to make sure you keep the F in it as <laughs> <laughs> it comes out wrong. But when shift happens, shift reveals stuff. And I think God's always in the business of, of, of revealing our hearts to us and also revealing what we need to know about one another's hearts so we can be valuable and, and helpful to one another. You know, our heart in all of this is, is not to... Um, 
Well, yeah, let me just go on and, and say that sometimes if if I haven't received or held on to the healing that God wants to do in me, then that's going to get revealed when, when shift mm. happens yeah. and things don't work so well. But it can also reveal that for other people. Um, and so one of the things that we've identified in these four, this four-year journey is that there are some folks who just, for whatever reason, haven't yet been able to hold on to or receive the healing that God wants them to, to get. Because yeah. until we're healed, we're always going to hurt people. Well, that's uh, yeah, a given, same. isn't it? You know, in totally. life, it's it's yeah. not, are we going to get hurt ever? It's how are we going to respond when somebody mm -hmm. does hurt us or even worse, when we hurt somebody else? Totally. And actually, our story goes both ways on this whole journey. <laughs> you know, there's people that we've hurt and people who've hurt us. Uh, but uh, the, the key is, will I let God into those things and, and invite God into those things so that he can He can bring redemption That's to it? That's so good. Um, but it's not just the healing thing. Um, none of us know what our blind spots are. And sometimes relational That's challenges um, can reveal blind spots to us. You know, I know I've had some blind spots in me revealed as we've journeyed through this. Uh, and I think it's also given the opportunity for others to see their blind spots if they're willing to see them. And in some cases they have, in some cases they haven't. Um, but that's their part of the picture, not mine. It's not my job to force people to see their blind spots, but it is my job to, yeah. to make sure that I'm honest about, hey, I think there's a blind spot here. I think there's something you're missing. Well, I think, uh, they, I think that's, a, sorry to interrupt. I think that's a good point because, you know, we have strengths and weaknesses and in a, any team, there are going to be people whose strengths cover your weakness and vice versa. And But it's when we're not aware of our own weakness, weaknesses as leaders that we can be just blindly going around hurting people without even realising. And I think that's true of the other way. It's like the people we're leading, if... If there isn't a self-awareness there, then it can be a dangerous thing and even a painful thing, just pointing that out to each other, right? Right. Self-awareness is so vital. And that's why the, the word you use there, team, is so foundational. You know, there, there are no um, sort of, <laughs> there's no people on pedestals in the body of Christ, or there shouldn't be, uh, yeah. where, you know, you're, you're the leader and you're always right and you've got all the answers and you, you're, you're always perfect. Um, we have always sought to have team because it's only in team that we can actually have our, our weaknesses covered by other people's strengths, as well as allow our strengths to, to, to help other people with their weaknesses. And uh, it's been a journey. Uh, and so uh, I've sometimes said, you know, we've, we've worked our way through in the four years we've been going. Um, we've we've worked our way to the place where the people who are around us now are the ones God wants us to invest in and who want us to invest in them. Mm -hmm. But who also have something to offer that completes the picture of what God wants to do, because Jane and I can't be everything um, to everybody. No, um, that's impossible. And so we're always looking for who does God want to draw around us? And it's always about teamwork. But if we're not God-focused, you know, that self-focused thing mm -hmm. is often what leads to relational conflict. If I'm all about my agenda, I'm right, 
um, my desire over God's plans, then it's always going to lead to relational conflict. And, and you can't have a team if, if the players on that team are doing their own thing. Um, it's got to be a, it's got to be a, a family picture. It's so, so true. So true. Yeah. And, you know, Mark, I think one of the things that can be hard um, as a leader is, you know, how, how do you move on when you experience hurt from somebody that you've trusted with opportunity um, and you thought they had your back, but then something happens and, you know, I found myself in, in at times as a leader with a crisis of confidence about my own calling, um, my own leadership and just a discouragement that can come yeah. in those moments. I know there are people listening that have experienced this, that have walked through similar struggles. You know, there's there's many of these things that you're mentioning but tell me about what happens and how you process when something really feels like a, a, a very painful moment. Mm. You've got to go straight to God first uh, and get his perspective on it. Um, you, you've got to call on the Lord. Uh, uh, David many times in the Psalms says things like, you know, our eyes are on you. Uh, so there's got to be that willingness to really call on God. But at the same time, you need to recognize also that you've got people around you that God has placed in your life, that not the people in the circumstance that's causing the pain, but people wider than that, that God has planted in your life for the purpose of walking through it with you yeah. at whatever level that is. You know, some may be more distant, some may be closer, but there's always the, the, the room for, um, for getting wisdom, getting input, getting um, instruction from the people around us. That's what I love, the Catch the Fire family. That's why we, we're so um, honoured and, and, and uh, privileged to be a part of this family because there are so many people now around us yeah. that uh, want the best for us and who have wisdom that we don't have. And so with a lot of these journeys, we've called on intercessors to, to, uh, yeah. to pray uh, that God's will be done through the whole picture. But we've also sought input from others who have more wisdom than we do or, or better insights than we might have so that you get the whole picture. Mm -hmm. the, the reason that mm -hmm. if you, the, the, the church is a body <laughs> and there's a purpose to that. You know, there are things you do with your hands that you can't do with your feet. There's yeah. things you do with your ears you can't do with your mouth. You need the whole body. And, and so there's... I'm very thankful for the different folks that God has put into our lives and into our circles that have helped us to navigate through this. However, let me say this, it doesn't then release us from the responsibility of owning our own stuff and doing what our role is in yes. the situation. So in, in this particular situation, we're talking about a church plant and Jane and I are the senior leaders. I can't abdicate the responsibility and ask you and Duncan to come in and fix some relational issue. Yeah, uh, It's up to me to fix that. But if I do it just on my own understanding and with my own perspective i'm going to miss out on the benefit of the bigger picture of being able to talk mm. to other people mm. so 
I hope that makes sense. But it's no, that's it's good. Be both. That that that's good. I like your perspective on that. And um, you know, thinking about people that even have a business or you know. Th- they're doing leadership outside the context of a a church team. Um, You know, the same things are true about having people around you that can be advisors or mentors or even that extra bit of wisdom or just a little bit more objective to kind of help you navigate. Because I remember, you know, times of crisis, you almost freeze and forget what you need to do. Hmm. And so that calling on the Lord, help, help, what do I do? Asking the Lord for wisdom is such a big thing. But also David, when he called out to the Lord, I believe that he gut-wrenchingly called out to the Lord, help me, you know, he expressed deep emotion And I think it's really important that we recognize if we've been hurt, that we actually express our feelings, our emotion to one another, whether it's our spouse or whether it's to people around us that are those advisors, but also unto the Lord, because he is truly the one that can work out the, the situation for our blessing he always is the answer to working it out but he's chosen not to do it directly just him and you or him and Mm -hmm. me he wants me to be open to input and and a partnership with other believers particularly ones who have skills that i don't have or or wisdom that i don't have so some of these journeys that we've been on we've uh we've called on our healing prayer ministers uh, the ones who minister to us, we go regularly for for restoring the foundations, and we're just starting to do some training in Sozo. Uh, we love the whole idea that there's always more healing to get hold of, and you've got to do that in partnership with other people. Um, and so uh, we call on them. You know, <laughs> we we call our counselors, we call our our, our prayer ministers uh, to 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 join in with us on that. Um, because actually the bottom line of the, these relational things, whether it's in a business or it's in a church or even if it's in a family, the, the, the thing that causes the problem is each of us being like an orphan, mm-hmm. living like we don't have a home, living like we've got to look after ourselves, looking living like um, nobody's on my team, I've got to do it all myself. Yes. Um, and God wants to displace that orphan with sonship, mm. which is where I know I'm loved and I know I'm part of a family and I know I belong and I'm I'm secure in that. But, of course, that means I'm now surrounded by the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, the, the family may be huge, but there's always going to be the ones that God has put close to me. Uh, and that's what displaces that orphan heart. And so it's not just good advice to a business person who's going, oh, gosh, what do I do now? Uh, you know, yeah, find a find a coach, find a <laughs> find somebody like me who's who, who helps businesses navigate through crisis moments. Uh, but also um, let me look at the family that God has put around me. I don't mean the biological family. I mean yes. the spiritual family, yes. because there are resources in all of those relationships that will enable me to be more like Jesus in mm. the way I handle mm-hmm. this. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, 
you know, the lessons of not being an island is so important, you know, and actually trusting God to not only heal those areas where we feel we've got to hide away in shame, but those areas where we've not necessarily been willing to learn some of the skills and even the lessons of our mistakes. Because right. I'm very conscious as a leader that I've made many mistakes. Uh -huh. And I think, yeah. you know, being aware that I can grow in certain areas and where I've hurt people that I would accept responsibility for that. Yes. But I think sometimes as a leader, Mark, there isn't always an opportunity for relationships to get so sewn up that you've even had some closure with those people. Now, I don't know which of these leadership lessons you've had closure with. You said several uh, scenarios. How have you dealt with those relationships that you've not managed to have closure with face-to-face -face uh -huh. reconciliation? Right. Obviously, the ideal is that there'd be reconciliation in every relationship. Um, but for there to be reconciliation, it has to be wanted and experienced at both ends of the relationship. If a relationship has hit a wall or, or hit a bump and, and come unraveled, it's got to be it's, it's got to be willing at both ends. And so mm -hmm. there are some relationships that have ended that there hasn't been reconciliation. Um, but at the same time, that is redemptive if we're doing what God has told us to do and led us to do. So um, I think one thing I said in the in the session that we, we that led to us doing this was that um, there isn't one correct answer, but there is one person, namely Jesus, who knows the correct answer. Mm -hmm. He's the only one who knows the correct answer. So the, the answer is different every time. Uh, so with some relationships, it's actually better that you don't try to maintain them if you've become aware through the journey that this is so, you know, they're going like one direction and I'm going a completely different direction. It would actually be unfair to that person to try to make sure that we stay best buddies for the rest of our lives mm. because they want to go the way that they believe God is telling them to yes. go. And if I love them, love always gives choices. I mean, I, one of my favourite passages of scripture is is John fifteen, um, the the excuse me, Luke fifteen, the the the, the two sons mm -hmm. and the father, uh, and the the father loves the sons enough that he gives them both choices, mm. and actually the one who wins in the story, the way Jesus tells it, is the one who took the choice that was the wrong choice, went off with it realized his error later and then came back. The father didn't pursue him down the road trying to be his dad all the way. He let him go and let him come back mm. and then welcomed him as if he'd never gone. Yes. So some of our relationships have to go through that process um, in order for the orphan to be displaced with sonship. Uh, because the, the son who stayed around was the one who still had the problem. <laughs> he was the one who was looking at the externals and, mm -hmm. and didn't understand how love could be expressed. Um, so I don't want to be that kind of son. I don't want to be an older brother in the way that I pursue everybody and try and fix them uh, and make them perfect uh, because I know how imperfect I am, but I'm thankful for the journey God's had me on where I have had times that I've been able to restore and reconcile relationships with other people. So sometimes letting people go is actually the key to being able to have a good relationship with them.
Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's an interesting thing that only God can lead us through. Um, so what I think is my my wisdom from this is that you've got to be clear on what does God want? Mm. What is my calling? Uh, what am I trying to do with my business or what am I what is my goal with my family or what is what is the vision for this church that I'm leading? Whatever the setting may be, what has God put in in me as the leader? And what does God want for the person I'm experiencing relational difficulty with? Yeah. And sometimes we're supposed to be uh, kind of like cousins rather than brothers and sisters, because the body of Christ is so big, we're never all going to be on the same page. God doesn't want that. He wants this beautiful, diverse body, and he doesn't want us all to be one part. Yeah, that's what Paul talks about when he talks about, you know, if we were all a hand, where would this where would the seeing be? And all of those kind of analogies. So sometimes we're not supposed to hang on to people. In fact, when yes. Jane and I get new people come and visit our church, we'll often say to them, Hey, we're not the kind of church that tries to hang on to you because you came to visit once. We want what's best for you. Yes. We one couple I think of this was early on in the journey, but we realized we were in a very pioneering situation as, as a new church plant. We can't tell you what's going to happen next week, yes. let alone what's going to happen in six months. You know, the five-year plan is a sort of a, is a myth when you're first starting out. Um, you you know what God wants you to be, but you don't have all the steps of how to get there. But one couple God put with us in those early days is very much wired to be settlers, and they're great at, uh, at sort of maintaining what is. But we didn't have any what is for them to maintain. Yes. And they kept asking questions of, well, when are we going to do this? And when are we going to have that? And we're like, we don't know. It would actually be better for you to find a different church family where you can exercise your giftings and your wiring in a place where we're not always you know, rubbing the cat the wrong way every week because we don't know the answers to your questions. And we are probably better friends with them now because we let them go. They they had to to relocate a short distance, but they moved to another to another city where there was a church that they could build relationships and be settlers in and play a, a, a significant role in that church, which was great. Yes, uh, but. It was a tough thing for us because then when you go through those kinds of things, mm-hmm. it really un- it squeezes you and you realize, do I want what's best for these people yes. or, or, or do I want what I think might be best for me? Yes, that's <laughs> uh, And one. you've got to be careful not to have an us versus them because it's, it, it, there isn't any us versus them no. in, the, in the kingdom. It's actually just the orphan versus sonship. <laughs> and what can I do best for this person to grow in sonship? Um, and that really has been the heart of what we've done with this as we've gone along that's really good because I think in all this you know somebody that we may have had a difficulty with in relationship they if they know Jesus they are still sons and daughters of God and you know God is their father and he knows their path and sometimes it means letting somebody go so that they can go on and fulfill what God's called them to do, which is what you were just saying there. But yeah. sometimes we feel like we need to know the ending. And we mm. really don't, actually. We have to let go. And that process of letting go and saying, God, you are their father. You have the right. best plan for them. And I know for us, you know, sometimes we've had reconciliation, but it's been several years later. Totally. 
Yeah. You know, that is a letting go of a lot of control. Uh-huh. Now, there's there's the word we probably should have got to sooner. But yes, control is definitely not something we should be having uh, because God is God. You know, he thinks he's God and he thinks I'm not. And therefore, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's right and I'm wrong. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's if we have that orphan son perspective where we genuinely want everybody to grow in sonship and to have the. Here's another thing. Let me throw this in. If I understand every relational challenge as an orphan or son issue, I actually would want to have compassion for somebody who's expressing orphan tendencies Mm -hmm. because I know that it's not it's it's something that's missing for them. They haven't got as as full a revelation of God's love as God wants them to have. And therefore, they're still living by orphan tendencies. It's Mm -hmm. not something you need to try and beat it out of them. It's actually you want to have compassion and offer love so that that God can use that to begin to meet that need. It's a lack. Um, And. the question then comes down to can can this orphan receive the love I have to offer or am I better to let them go to find that love somewhere else? Wow. So, yeah. Wow. You know, it's living as a son versus an orphan is really a daily, a daily thing oh. that we have to do because Hourly. <laughs> so often we can get triggered and yeah. then we remember, are we being like the older son in that parable who was so mad because his father was treating that other son, that other son of yours, not even his brother. Right. And, you know, so often we look at what we don't have instead of actually appreciating what God has fully given us. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes think, and we have this conversation, Duncan and I, is this something we're going to be struggling with until the day we go and be with Jesus? It's like there's always something yes. in leadership that's going to pull yank your chain every right. day. We just totally. have we we just have to have a choice of like, are we willing just to keep letting it go, letting it yeah. go? Yeah. I mean, I love that the father in the story doesn't force the older son to come in and join the party. He lets him stay out because he doesn't want to come in. And again, it's love giving choices. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I I love the the um, the promise of Jesus when he says to the disciples, "I won't leave you orphans. Mm. I will come to you." Yes. I think that's John John fourteen somewhere, yes. isn't it? Um, but when he says that, I, I think that's probably the heart of, of the gospel. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's the key that I, I I feel like Jane and I use that key all the time. He, he says it to me. I won't leave you in the orphan that you're feeling when something doesn't work out and you feel inadequate or you feel like you're a useless leader or whatever. But also it's a key that he gives us to use for others. Mm, God doesn't leave so you an good. orphan. He will come to you. So Even good. if our relationship has to hit pause and you have to go in a different direction because of what, you know, we've we've had people, we've had to let them leave, people we've had to fire them, <laughs> everything in between. But in the midst of it all, our desire is that God not leave them as orphans. So Jesus good. come to them. So good, so. Mark. And some just some essential keys there for us to to walk with God in a way that we can truly be the son that he's called us, each of us to be in his kingdom. 
because he's got great things for each of us in his kingdom. And I think so often the enemy wants to time waste us into thinking about what we don't have and the victory we don't have and, you know, try and get us, undermine our identity. But Mark, would you, before we leave today, thank you for sharing those lessons and your vulnerability there, but would you pray for each person for any of the leadership challenges that they're walking through right now, that they would know God as Father and that they are not alone as an orphan today. Yeah, I'd love to pray that. Yes, let's pray that right now. Father, thank you so much that you loved humanity so much that you sent your own son to be a model son for us and to lead us into sonship. And Jesus, we thank you that you did not leave us orphans. You've come to Mm. us and you continue to come to us, not just every day, but every hour, every moment when we feel tempted to to feel like failures or to feel broken or or you come to us and you meet us there Mm. and you always restore us, just like the story you told of the father who welcomed back Mm. the son who had committed so many sins and, and wronged him in so many ways. You are the revelation of a father who welcomes us back every time and restores us to the truth of our sonship. So for every person listening to this now, Father, whatever their struggle, whether they're a church leader who's wrestling with with circumstances or a business leader who's trying to figure out what to do next, or a leader in a family who just wants to know how to parent better or how to lead others in the family better, let there be a revelation of sonship to each person hearing this. Uh, Let them hear your voice and not just my voice when you say you're my child you're my son or my daughter with whom I'm well pleased and uh, father thank you that you will lead each one of us forward into the fullness of what you have for us Mm. as we navigate through these relational challenges you're going to meet us there you're going to lead us through you're going to bring healing and restoration to each of our hearts that we also need so we give you permission to do it and we thank you for it in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Well, be encouraged, everyone listening. God is with you. He hasn't left you orphaned, but has come to you. What a great scripture to leave you with and for you to meditate on and to live your life on a daily basis as each of us here are trying and um, asking the Lord to help us with that. But Mark, thank you for sharing your journey and being open and honest and you know, just helping other people realize, you know, we're all walking through challenges and it's how we respond. So thank you so much, Mark. We love you. Thank you, Kate. Love you guys too. Been an honor to be with you. Bye.